Welcome to Making the Magic, a podcast chatting about all things Disney, Universal and beyond. This week we're back at Disney World talking about our must-do attractions at Epcot. I'm Amanda. And I'm Martin and I think we might have surprised a few people with our Magic Kingdom one where we didn't necessarily guess correctly which each other was going to have so i think at epcot we might have a few similar or we might be able to guess better which attraction each one of us is going to pick yeah so you might remember in a previous show we chatted about our must-do attractions at the magic kingdom and that seemed to go down really well so thanks for all the great feedback so this week we're doing the same thing but back at epcot so we challenge each other, as Martin said, to come up with our top five must-do attractions. So these are our must-dos, so our personal opinion rather than what we necessarily recommend you go and do. But these are the things that we always like to do when we go to Epcot. Like last time, we haven't compared our notes in advance, so I think we probably will end up with some of the same things at Epcot, just because there are less rides to do, aren't there? So we didn't get everything right last time, so... Let's see if we can do any better at Epcot, yeah. I'm guessing. This was the first park that I actually went to when I went to Disney back in 2003. This was the first park I went into. So right. uh, it's a very interesting park for me. It's such a, if you've never been before, it's a huge park. It's in two separate sections. You've got World Showcase and you've got, well, they keep changing what they're going to call the first part of the park, don't they? Yeah, so Future like World. Future, future World, yeah. But I think the name's changing and it kind of alludes to at the moment what the name's changing to. Yeah, and two entrances to the park as well. So you've got the main entrance as you go into Future World and that's where if you were driving there, coming out for the car park or if you were getting the monorail over to Epcot, that's the main entrance that you go into. But there is also the entrance at the back. So that used to be just for people who are staying in one of the Epcot resort areas. So Beach Club, Boardwalk, Yacht Club could walk over there or take the little boat. But now, of course, you've got the Skyliner ends up there too. So you've got a lot more people using that back entrance by the French Pavilion. Yeah, I think it's such a great way of getting in and it does make staying at one of those Skyliner resorts sort of a must do. It elevates some of those other resorts to make it a bit more, oh yeah, I definitely want to stay at this one because I can get easier into Epcot. And plus also, it's quite a nice way of getting there as well, isn't it? Being able to sort of see down across sea for miles, I suppose, from there, couldn't you? Yeah, I think it's a particular advantage when you're leaving, actually, because when you're arriving, because Future World opens earlier than the World Showcase, you are having to walk right back from the park, you know, to the attractions at the front but when you're leaving just be able to walk back to your hotel or get back on the skyliner yeah that's a huge huge benefit i think yeah very true right should we start what's your number one or what's your first attraction amanda so my first one and it is my number one it's my number one attraction at epcot but it is one of my very favorite rides in any disney park and always have to go on at least once usually more and that's soaring uh, yeah i had this one as well yeah, I thought we might. It is one of the best rides I've ever got. <laughs> and I thought this might surprise you. Did you think this would be on my list then? Yes, yes, I have this yeah. on your list as well, yeah. yeah I, I did it's one of those me. ones that you don't actually really do anything. Apart from when the arm goes up, you don't move, you don't move from side to side, you've got a bit of wind, but you just kind of float in there and it's such an amazing attraction because you feel like you're actually inside it but it doesn't really do anything does it no it is a brilliant ride though i really really love it even though i'm not great with heights as you'll know i think you don't really realize that you're going up as high as you are because it's such an immersive ride so yeah kind of start with where it is so it's in the future world part of epcot in the land pavilion it's basically a hang gliding experience which i think makes it sound like more of a thrill ride <laughs> than it is because as you say it is quite sort of a passive ride really and probably more i think exhilarating i would say than thrilling yeah so not scary say unless you have got a real real big thing about heights there is a height requirement though so you've got to be at least 40 inches or 102 centimeters or taller to ride it but yeah i don't think any little children or anybody else will be particularly scared by going on it no i'd probably think that adults would get more scared of it than kids because they're kind of like the vertigo kind of thing i think that's the only thing that might sort of set people off but i don't think you really realize it i mean i'm not great with heights even though i like roller coasters i'm not that great with heights and it doesn't really bother me no it doesn't bother me at all so yeah you sit effectively on bench like seating but that's swinging a little bit because when it all starts you're going to be whizzed up into the air you do need to wear your little seat belt but yeah you're just moving kind of very slightly m about and then you've got this huge 180 degree 80 foot projection screen in front of you with this aerial footage all over the world so you're gonna 
start in the Swiss Alps. You're going to go and see some polar bears floating in Greenland, Sydney Harbour Bridge, see elephants going towards Mount Kilimanjaro, Great Wall of China. Where do you end, of course? Well, not quite end, but the last little scene is over with you in Paris. You get to go and fly. Yes, the yes. Ice. The second to last scene is in Paris. And then you've got those lovely fireworks to finish it all off over at Cot. Yeah, it's an amazing ride. Did you ever do the Californian version before the change? Yeah, I did. And I have to admit, I, I do prefer the original version. <laughs> so do I as well. I'd prefer it as well. It's not much prefer it, but I think it just kind of had a bit of a charm and it was all in one place. Whereas this one tends to be a, oh, quick, we need to knock off the highlights of the world and best place to see. It's a bit too much computer generated graphics going on for my liking. Yeah, well, they did go and actually film it in all those places, didn't it? So, I mean, yeah. it is real film, but I think it is just a bit of that nostalgia thing isn't it of like you liked the original one that you did first yeah, so yeah. I really really liked the, the story of California and the music's the same so you get that same kind of evocative music coming on before it and you've still got Chief Flight Attendant Patrick to welcome you yes, off the ride of course yes yes, yes. That, I think that's a lot of people's favourite part of the attraction is the pre-show announcement because it is really really funny it is, yeah. And where will we recognise Patrick from then? He's one of the voices in American Dad, isn't he? Oh, well, well I don't know Dad, that. Um, I'm thinking of him as, as Kronk from He's the one of the Groove. You'll recognise the voice from Family Guy, and I can't remember what the character's name is, but yeah, he's Kronk from Emperor's New Groove as well. You have that little pre-show bit. I mean, it's a short ride, really. It's only five minutes, but because of the way they take you through the queue, even if you're getting a fast pass for this ride you're going to need at least sort of 20, 25 minutes to get all the way through. It's a huge building back there because it is such a popular ride. They've got, uh, yeah, lots of hangars that you can go and take off from. In very busy times, you'll see there's actually two sides to it. There's three now. They've added a third one. Oh, there's three, right. Yeah, because of the demand, they built a third one. It's the same as the additional track that they put in for Toy Story Mania. They built in extra ones just to sort of meet the capacity demands so yeah it's slightly quicker queue but it's very start stop very slow moving queue it is so you know perhaps a a good one to go on first thing in the morning as soon as you arrive that's certainly what we always do what my family like doing when they are waiting in the queue is the online quiz quiz that you can do yes Uh, yes. have you done that yes well i remember the first time i went on it the quiz was up on screens and you just basically had to shout out answers to no one yeah it's kind of it's interesting isn't it because it gets you in that kind of mood of i think originally the questions about california but of course now they're about the world so it's getting you into that sort of mindset of thinking oh where's that in the world where's that yeah, in fact, I think my family prefer the game than they do the ride. But yeah, so if you've got the, the <laughs> Disney Play app, so there's quite a few of the rides, then you can use the Disney Play app to play some kind of quiz or game. And this, you, you join a team and then you answer so many questions so you can see whether your team's winning or not. And yeah, it's quite fun to pass the time. And then also in the actual ride, I would definitely recommend some seats are better than others, aren't they? Yeah, the ones at the top, I mean, talking about the Paris bit, when you get to the Eiffel Tower, because of the way the screen sort of curved, it sort of bows a bit at the top when you get to the Eiffel Tower. Whereas I think the middle is, whenever I've done it, I've always thought the middle was always the best bit. You don't really get yeah. to choose. Yeah. But... I, I would always say top because then you don't get to see oh, okay. your feet. Because if you well, have that particularly tall yeah. people with dangly feet, then yeah, it kind of yeah. does take you out of the moment if you can suddenly see them. And I think a sort of top middle would be my choice. Because, again, if you're on the sides, you're kind of aware that, you know, you can kind of see where the screen cuts off. Where if you're in the middle at the top, you're properly immersed in that. Like I say, you might get a bit of a bendy Eiffel Tower, but I'd probably put up with that for, <laughs> for all the rest of it looking good. Um, Slightly wonky uh, Eiffel Tower, yeah can't really choose where you're seated but if they're not too busy if you have a word with the ride attendant and say that you've got a preference they will allow you to wait to one side and then go and get that top middle view so you might have to wait five or ten minutes longer but if it's your first time riding it i think it's definitely worth asking if you can do front middle because you'll get the much better view then definitely especially if it's your first time you want to make sure your first time just really amazing yeah i am that person who asks for the best seats all the time. <laughs> <laughs> i do roller coasters like say can i go at the back yeah well this is the equivalent of that 
And there's some hidden Mickeys to spot in the ride as well. I do quite like spotting my hidden Mickeys. So while you're watching it, again, maybe not the first time you want to really just immerse yourself in it. But if you're going on it sort of multiple times, then really have a look and see if you can spot those hidden Mickeys. Yeah, very true. Yeah. And I really love, as you said, I really love the music. It's one of the pieces of hold music we get when we ring up Orlando. And I don't mind that hold music. (laughs) No, it's definitely better than if you get It's a Small World. (laughs) Yeah, that that could be in your head for a while. But yeah, Soren's a lot better. Yeah, one more thing we were saying about you might see people's feet dangling down. So, you know, your feet are just there and you're quite high up. So I definitely recommend if you've got your flip-flops on or some kind of not close-fitting shoes, then kind of just slip them off as you go on the ride because you can see people's missing shoes down in the sort of the pit (laughs) area and you don't really want to start your day off losing one of your shoes, do you? No, make sure your shoes are done up tight. I mean, you should be wearing comfortable shoes that are done up tightly anyway for walking around the park there's quite a few rides that you wouldn't be allowed on the rides with flip-flops anyway because of the machinery you do see people in flip-flops though don't you and i even see people in high heels and things yeah <laughs> yeah i wouldn't all wear high i mean personally i obviously wouldn't wear high heels walking around the park but again <laughs> i don't understand why people wear things that are, you're not going to a fashion show you're going for a comfortable day out wear comfortable like sketches sketches are great pairs of trainers to wear around the especially Epcot Epcot's huge yeah you're going to be doing a lot of walking so make sure you've got comfortable shoes but if you do have those loose fitting shoes you can just leave them on the floor or there's a little basket underneath your seat and if you leave them on the floor when you come whizzing back after you've been on your soaring ride they will be in exactly just you know you'll be able to slip your feet right back into them you return to exactly the same place again yeah, that's one of the great advantages. It's not like a roller coaster where you might go back onto track one or track two, station one, station two. You go back to exactly the same place. And a lot of people leave their bags as well. Yeah, so you, if you, the small bags will fit in the basket underneath your seat. But if you've got like a large rucksack or something, you can just leave it off to the side and it'll be perfectly fine there while you go off on your ride. When you come off soaring, see, I'm going to have to just kind of squeeze in another sort of extra ride here, which I haven't put in my top five. But it's kind of didn't quite make it in, but I kind of deserves an honourable mention, I think. So as soon as you come off, you've got Living With The Land. Which is in my list. Oh, well, there you go. Well, maybe off you go then. Living With The Land is the first time I went on it. Didn't really know anything about it. I went on with my family. We just kind of went on it. I think we'd been on Soaring and we just saw, oh, Living With Land. What's that? Should we just go on it? It's educational. Don't let that put you off. It's a slow boat ride. It's a bit like sort of the boats from small world or pirates there's drops but you kind of raised up a bit kind of higher and you go around and you learn about agriculture so you learn about sort of how they do it in different parts of the world but the main the, or the best bit is when you get to the greenhouses and they show you how they make produce that is then served in the Walt Disney World restaurants as well. So you go past the fish farm, you can see all the things where they try and grow sort of pumpkins, but in this, they put them inside a Mickey head container. So the pumpkins come out Mickey head shaped as well. And there's just these amazing things. You look at this and this is like the technology of how we can make sustainable agriculture and how the world can start producing more of its own food sort of a bit more organically a bit more naturally but also using the technology to to make sure you can use things like greenhouses so for example in the uk we can grow things that wouldn't normally be grown in the uk things like bananas if you've got the right greenhouse and you've got the right sort of technology to sort of control that kind of stuff so it was really amazing and you can do a behind the scenes tour of it as well you actually go off and you go and meet some of the scientists who work there as well and they'll explain more about how they actually do all this agriculture at epcot they grow so much stuff on site in epcot for restaurants around the Walt disney resort so it's just amazing yeah, I really do like Living With The Land. And I didn't have that on my list of one of yours, I have to say, but I'm glad that you've mentioned okay. it because I did want to kind of talk about it. But <laughs> I've done that behind the scenes tour, actually, quite a few years ago now, but when my kids were little. And it was brilliant, really amazing. So you get to actually walk through the greenhouses and you say you've got somebody there telling you much more about it. And um, you get to feed the fish in the fish part oh, of it. Wow. You get to taste some of the produce. Talk to how great. Yeah, you kind of think, oh, that might be sounds really boring walking around some greenhouses but it is designed as a family tour and there were sort of other kids on the tour that we did and I presume they probably 
gear it a little bit towards who they've actually got on the day. And it's one of the tours that, yeah, you can book it kind of way in advance, but there's also a sign-up desk sort of on the day. I mean, there's a charge for it. You do have to pay for it. But I really, really enjoyed it. And my kids still talk about it now. You know, when we go on the boat ride, like, oh, do you remember when we did that? And we were the people standing. So when you're on the boat ride, you can sometimes see the people on the tour walking around, can't you? Yeah, it's such a different kind of ride as well. And it kind of fits back in with the original concept for Epcot is sort of to educate through entertainment. So it is, you know, it is education and you will come away and you will have learned something. But in a kind of an entertaining kind of way, it's not boring and dull. One of the restaurants that's in the Land Pavilion, the Garden Grill... I don't know if you've eaten there. I've eaten there a couple of times. But that restaurant actually turns very, very slowly around. And from one part of the restaurant, you can actually see into the ride as well. Yeah, at the moment, the characters, because it's a character dining experience. At the moment, with all the sort of COVID precautions, the characters are actually in the centre so that you actually still get to see them from your table. Yeah, so that is a good place to be able to see characters just right at the minute, isn't it? I do really like sunshine seasons, though. That's where I would go and have something to I always have to have a little quick visit before after my soaring ride for a little snack or a small meal, kind of nice hot chocolate or something. So that's another one of my must-dos inside the Land Pavilion. It's quite healthy as well, isn't it? Well, I think there's a bit of everything, which is what's good about it. You know, you can just have something light or a drink, but then some more substantial meals as well. A bit more unusual food as well. So, Amanda, that was my second option. And what's your second choice? Okay, so my next one, and I've got a feeling you're going to have this on your list as well, is Spaceship Earth. No, it's not on my list. It nearly made my list. I think if it was a top six, that probably would have made number six. Oh, I can't believe that's not on your list. I mean, this is Epcot's flagship attraction inside the great big geosphere or the big golf ball, as most of us like to to call it. So this is really the symbol of Epcot, isn't it? I mean, it's an engineering masterpiece, just how it was constructed and how they can fit so much of a ride inside an unusual shaped building and then hold it up with just a few pillars. It is amazing, the whole structurally, how it's designed. So it's a wonder, especially considering how old it is. And I think some people don't even realise there's a ride inside it because the entrance, if you're not really looking for it, you can sort of miss the entrance but it is one of those it's as soon as if you come in the main entrance though you're walking straight ahead it's right there in front of you so my kind of tip would be don't go and ride that straight away because that's the temptation isn't it? especially if you haven't sort of planned out your day it's like oh wow it's the golf ball let's go and have a look at that let's go inside it ends up being a long ride so it's like a 17 minute ride excluding any of the time that you're taking to sort of queue and get off it and things so that will take a big chunk of the first hour of your day so i would say definitely come back and do it a little bit later so when fast passes are enabled you can get a fast pass for that ride so it's easy enough to kind of plan it in a little bit later in the day yeah exactly i think that's a great one to fast pass once you've used your free for the day then you can jump onto the app or go to the kiosks and then just kind of add it in sort of check though there's usually not a particularly long queue for it yeah it just depends different times of the day i think it can suddenly get a big queue and the majority of that queue is outside and it kind of just goes round and round so it doesn't look that long but you end up kind of coming a very you know back on yourself and because it's outside if it's a hot day it's not a particularly pleasant experience being in that long line so yeah i think i'd keep checking for an extra fast pass or just keep an eye on your My Disney Experience account to see how long the line is. It's a slow ride. There's no height restrictions, so anybody can go on it. And again, it sounds a bit like quite a lot of the Epcot experiences can sound a little bit boring. (laughs) (laughs) So it's scenes showing you about the development of human communication through the ages. So starting with cave paintings going through the phoenicians using the alphabet the printing presses and then the rise of computers so kind of almost like a classic dark ride although you're sort of going up inside the geosphere and then there's a sort of second part of the ride where you're looking into the future and what your future could be and i should say yeah as soon as you get on so you get into your little ride vehicle there is a little screen and you tap it to say what language you want to be in and it takes a little photo of you and then the second portion you are 
tapping more like do you like living in the country or in the city do you you know ask you lots of questions and then it makes a little film about you about what your future will be like top tip from me your kids may think it's really funny to say that you speak spanish when you don't understand a word of it but when it comes to the second part of the, the ride it's not so much fun when you don't understand anything <laughs> is that what you did was it <laughs> speaking from experience with yeah when my kids were younger that, that's not because you can't change it back again no I suppose so stick with the language you understand yeah and of course in english it's uh, dame judy dench yes yeah, so we have dame judy dench doing the um the voiceover and yeah i think it's just a really nice quite relaxing ride especially on a hot day it's quite nice to go and get inside the cool and just quite fun it's Again, nothing scary about it, apart from it is quite dark. So, and if you don't like the dark, if you don't like enclosed spaces, that's not great. And then as you're coming down, you are coming backwards for part of it. But again, it's not any kind of thrill ride. It, it's absolutely fine. But just, yeah, if you really don't like the dark, that wouldn't be a great one for you. No, no. But I think 99% of people will be absolutely fine on that ride. Yeah, it's so yeah. slow moving. Yeah, slow moving, no accessibility issues particularly. Yeah, so I think that should be on really everybody's must-do list if you're going to Epcot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there was talk, it was about to be refurbished and changed and was going to have quite a long close, but that, as I understand it, has been put on hold now. So it is still open at the moment. And then as part of the 50th anniversary celebrations, they're going to zhuzh it up a bit. So it's going to have lots of lighting put all over it, the outside of it, which does look amazing. But I think that is going to be a permanent feature, isn't it? Rather than just there for the anniversary. Yeah. Did you ever go when the wand was there? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was in the Let's first year I it. went. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, that's a bit I mean, like. He looks know. great in a postcard. In real life, you go, what on earth is that? <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't very keen on the wand. I mean, it's a bit like you know, the birthday cake over at the Magic Kingdom for the castle of kind of. Mm. <laughs> Like it was meant to be for the millennium, but it just ended up being there for years. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, you know, don't mess with things too much. And then as you exit the ride, you've got Project Tomorrow, which I really, really like. It's closed at the moment, which is understandable because it's an indoor space where it's hard to control people mixing. You've got lots of screens and other things that people are touching and then other people going and touching afterwards. So not really appropriate to have it open at the minute. But I do hope that they open it again because it's it's probably a bit overlooked in the sense of people just go on the ride and then leave. But there's so many things there to go and look at and play with and sort of games that are kind of again semi-educational but still quite good fun and you can also as you exit the ride the little video that it made of you you can go and tap into one of the screens to have that emailed back to you so you can show all your friends at home yeah, it's quite a nice little souvenir. It's a bit different as well, isn't it? Because we're used to ride photos or even ride videos, but we're not used to a video like that as a souvenir, are we? The videos are really fun as well because it's got your face on it from the photograph that they took as you started on the ride. But then these kind of little futuristic bodies. Yeah, it, I always find it absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it is quite funny, isn't it? Excellent. Okay, so that's Spaceship Earth. So what are you on to next? Right, my next one, I don't know if you're going to have it, is Frozen Ever After. Of course I have it. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> I went on it not that long after it opened, and I was a massive fan of Maelstrom. And, you know, like most people, when you heard it was closing, oh, a bit gutted. I'm like, oh, but it's such a great ride. Why do you need to change it over? You know, I liked Frozen, but I then went on it. And I'm going to try and dig out the photo that was taken on the ride of me. And I was on my own, just when I was over on my own, because other people were coming over a bit later. So the first time I went on it, on my own, just, I think I had a whole road to myself. And it takes your photo as you go down the little dip. And one, the woman, it's a tiny dip. The woman in front looks like she's been thrown off of a building or something like that. She looks absolutely petrified. But I'm just <laughs> bursting, smiling, because it's such a happy ride. There's no, you know, sometimes when you go on Snow White, Scary Adventure or Pinocchio or something like that, you know, there's a scary bit in it. You know, so, they, you know, it's quite nice and jolly, but then there's also scary bits. This one is just pure joy for the entire time i think that's for me i know the marshmallow is in it but i don't find him i don't think he's scary i think he's misunderstood 
<laughs> you know, he was working for Queen Elsa, so she's not a villain, is he? He's not a villain, but I just think it's such a, a beautifully done ride with the space that they had, and then the bit where I'm not going to spoil it, but the bit where she's singing the song, and then something happens to you. That's just, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a little bit like you because I think at the time when they talked about they were going to retheme Maelstrom, which I did like, it seemed like everything in the parks was getting the Frozen makeover because the film was so very, very popular. But I really, really love this ride as well now. It's the cues for it are just ridiculous. Yeah. So, again, one to fast pass if you can, if they're available, or to, you know, go there. Very first thing in the morning, most of the World Showcase doesn't open until about 11am, so after Future World, but Frozen Ever After is open from park opening. So if you didn't manage to get a fast pass, I'd recommend walking very quickly over there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We did that. The, I mean, the first time I did it, I went through fast pass. So, you know, you miss out most of the queue and you all might you pretty much go straight on the right. And the queue is really nice as well. Then I think the second time I actually queued up properly for it and we actually went through the actual queue. And it's a really nice queuing area. It's a really nice kind of place to kind of be. Keep checking. When, when fast pass comes back, keep checking. If you haven't got one, just keep checking it, keep checking it, keep checking it. It's a live fast pass system. So if there's any people that haven't shown up or the capacity is better for that day than they expected then actually they will throw out extra fast passes so it is worth doing it i've done it checked it randomly and go oh there's one available It'll take it straight away yeah but it is i think you're right it is worth at least once not doing the fast pass for it because the queuing area is so cute i mean the bit where you walk through oaken's tokens <laughs> <laughs> can see Oaken peeping through from his sauna and saying you'll be out again in a minute. It's really fun. And if you get the fast bit, you'll miss all that bit out. I mean, you might not mind too much missing it if you've also missed the two-hour queue. So, you know, it's not that great, but it is worth it. If the line's not too long, I would definitely try and do it without the fast pass at least once. Yeah, get there first thing in the morning, go and queue up. You know, you get through, you get to see the nice queuing area. And then hopefully you won't have to queue that much to get into it. But yeah, it's such a happy ride. You come off of it smiling, even if you don't particularly like Frozen. It's such a happy ride. And the Olaf animatronic in the first scene, when he sort of dances, you think that this is the real Olaf there. You don't think it's an animatronic. The way they're moving, it's so cutting edge. Yeah, they're very high tech effects. So they're really good. And all your favourite songs. Yeah, no, it's got to be a must do. And then as soon as you come out, of course, you can go and meet Anna and Elsa. Yeah, it's a really great meet and greet. You can meet Anna and Elsa. We did it as well, actually, when I went over. And we're not really a massive fan of meeting characters, especially face characters. We meet a couple of them, but we mainly kind of go for the other characters. But we had a great interaction with them. And it was just a really nice experience. Yeah, no, they're really nice characters to meet. So I'd definitely do that. Okay, so that was my third option and yours as well what's your next option okay so my next one is the seas with nemo and friends oh okay very nice yeah so you don't have that one no no i was tempted to put it on i really do like it but it didn't quite make the list yeah i mean this is one i do have to do this every time i go so i'm straight off soaring living with the land turn left down to the seas and you're going to enter that building effectively you can go in a different door but the main entrance is actually the entrance to this ride and it's a classic disney dark ride you're going to get in your clamshell five minute ride so pretty short and you're going to go through and see all the scenes from finding nemo which are really cute and it's sort of mingled in with the actual aquarium so as well as seeing sort of the scenes from the film you're going to see some real fish there too yeah it's a nice blend of reality and animation all mixed in together it's really cool ride isn't it yeah no it's really fun it's got a nice queuing area as well as you're walking up you've got the seagulls outside doing all the mine mine there's normally some photo pass photographers there and some nice photo opportunities and usually it's not too long a queue you can get a fast pass for it when they're enabled but it's a nice queue it's quite dark and you're kind of walking through a, I suppose a seaside scene and you're gradually going under the water there are quite a few hidden mickeys to find in that queue area as well so if you do happen to have some time waiting in the queue 
there's lots of things to see and to look at. I don't think I've really ever had to queue in there. I think the longest I've had to queue for is about 10 minutes or something like that. Yeah. So um, it's quite, it's an omnibus, so it can take a lot of people per hour. So it's generally not a massive queue. And you're out of the sun as well. It, the queuing area is nice and cool not just because you're indoors but it's kind of like it's air conditioned as well so it's a nice place to go and get out of the sun i think a lot of the time when we're picking rides for epcot we're 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 picking them a lot of because you're out of the sun It's not yeah, really happening outdoor yeah. rides in Epcot, do they? No, there aren't. I think they're pretty much all indoor things. I'm trying to think. I suppose, yeah, you've got a little bit of test track. Probably that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, pretty um, much. <laughs> when you come off the ride, then... Again, I'm being a bit cheaty here because I'm talking things as you come off the ride, but I'm thinking of it as a whole experience. So you come off the ride and you're into the Seas Pavilion and there are some definite must-dos in here for me. So don't just walk straight out again. Go and have a look at the aquarium areas. They are absolutely huge. And a nice little fun fact for you, you could fit the whole of Spaceship Earth, that huge golf ball, inside the aquarium in the Seas yeah, it's a massive aquarium, isn't it? It is. That doesn't really sound possible, does it? But it is true, I'm told. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so you've got dolphins in there. You've got all sorts of fish. I really like the manatees bit. So they've got a couple of rescued manatees that you can go and have a look at. And there are always people dotted about to answer questions. And at certain times of the day, there are talks as well. So again, I think it can, you can just go super quick, can't you? Ride, ride, what's the next ride? And I think just taking a little bit of time to have a, a wander and a look, you'll get more out of it. Um, they do have, I don't know if they still do this, but certainly they used to. There's like a scavenger hunt as well. So you can go and ask at the, the little gift shop near the exit and you pick up a free scavenger hunt booklet. So again, if you've got little ones who are maybe not all about going on the rides all the time, that's a nice little extra thing to do as well. Yeah, that's really nice, isn't it? I think you're right. I think Epcot is definitely more take it at your own pace and leisure. It's not ride, bang, next ride, bang. You know, it's not that kind of park. It's a slower, all-day kind of experience. Yeah, take the time to look at all the things. And then also in there, it is an attraction on its own, really, so it's a bit cheaty, but you've got Turtle Talk with Crush, which, again, especially if you've got little ones, is a must-do for me. It's hilarious. I've been on it quite a few times. I always find it really, really funny. So this it's a bit like the Stitch experience in Disneyland Paris, isn't it? So you can actually talk to to Crush, ask questions, what it's like to be a sea turtle. And yeah, they get sort of the, the little kids at the front to, to ask the questions. And, and some of them are very, very funny. <laughs> I remember Crush asked one of the kids, what's your favourite food? And the kid said, chicken nuggets. And he said... Oh, what's a chicken and what are its nuggets? <laughs> so, <laughs> and we won't answer that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a funny <laughs> Really funny. Yeah. It's a really great ride. To be fair, I think all the rides around the world that are based on the Nemo franchise, I think are amazing. I mean, it's such a nice film that I think it, it makes for nice rides. And you've got the music as well from that features in the live show over in the Animal Kingdom, which I love. I do have the CD, the soundtrack of, of that. <laughs> Not operating at the moment, unfortunately, but let's hope it does come back. But I always have to remind myself when the film comes on, there isn't actually a musical and it doesn't have those songs in that they were all originally written for the show at the Animal Kingdom. But the ride does just feature some of that music as well yeah great music in there as well yeah yeah right well we're getting through our list here then so what's next on yours so my next one is the first ride i ever went on in epcot which was the first park I ever went to in walt disney world and that's mission space it only opened about three or four weeks before i arrived so it was a must do it was the brand new attraction to do so i went straight for mission space but did you go on the green side or the red? Is it green or red or green and orange? Green and orange. But this was before green and orange. This was back when it was just orange. There was no colours to it or anything like that. So when it first opened, it was just the full intense experience. And then, you know, people got a bit sick after going on it. So they brought in a, a non-spinning version, which I've only done once. And that was just to go and see what the difference is. So it's if you're claustrophobic, you won't like it. You're basically in this space capsule. And if you've seen any of the sort of like the films where they go up into space, when they go into a rocket, there's not any space when you're actually in there. The screen comes 
comes when you get inside it then comes right down in front of you everyone has a job to do so everyone's got a joystick but you need to press the buttons at the right time so that's kind of like a fun sort of interactive kind of thing to make sure you're pressing the buttons it's centrifugal force which makes you feel like you're lifting off when they first opened it they got real astronauts from nasa to come down and they said this is as realistic an experience as going in a rocket as you're gonna get on earth without actually getting into a rocket you know they kind of you feel like you are weighted down into the seats when you're blasting off it up into space and then you get a few seconds of weightlessness but you've got a harness over you so you can't float or anything like that, but you've got that kind of second few seconds it's just really well done you feel like you're in this nasa space training center and you really feel like you're doing this mission to mars what's his name Gary, I can't remember what his name is. He was the actor who was in CSI New York and he's been in Forrest Gump as well. He's the Capcom, so he's talking to you all the way through. So my sister doesn't call it Mission Space, she calls it CSI Capcom. So that that's the ride. <laughs> have you done this one, Amanda? I have, but I always do the green side. Okay. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> but when you go up to go up to the queue, so there's a queue for green and there's a queue for orange, and they give you a card to read whilst you're going through, and it basically explains so if you pick the orange one and you read you've got to read through the card as you're walking through the queue and then when you get you can then go actually can i move over to green instead because <laughs> i don't like the sound of this experience but they will check when you're kind of going in have you been on the attraction before yes okay which one do you want to do green or orange i want to do the orange one if you haven't been in before then they will explain so you can do it without the centrifugic force but obviously you then get a lesser kind of experience i said i've done it once it's kind of quite nice you still could be claustrophobic so if you don't like enclosed spaces then this is not the ride for you there are sick bags inside as well no. so you can put your you, can, you know they have had people have to close the area so often i don't think it's quite as intense as when it first opened i think they toned it down and then they went over to having the two different versions but when it first opened you really felt like you were taken off and you really felt you were in space and then you have to then land on mars which means that you then kind of like go down and then oh something goes wrong and then you need to then use your joysticks to try and land the, the space capsule on mars as well so it's interactive it's a bit of fun as well so it is a thrill ride but that you can also interact with it as well so a great yeah, I really all-round like attraction I mean, yeah really cool really cool ride you should try the orange version one time yeah you're all right but uh, I mean, <laughs> my mum's done I it kind of yeah, well, I mean, I when my kids were really used to go, do the green side, and then as they got older, of course, they were like, well, why can't we just do the other side? So, oh, well, okay, you go on and do it. And they came off, they were like, what was all the fuss about? That was, you know, it's better than the green one, but it's not that, it's not that bad. So, yes, it's... Uh, <laughs> I think they've built it up in the bad. head over the years. You've built it up to go, don't go over there. Don't go on yeah. that side of the road. That's yeah, the evil so, side of the road. Then you go over there and you go, it's not actually that bad. But yeah, if you've no, been on... When you finish, you then go through into a game room and this is great for if you've got kids that are too small to go on it you know one parent can go and wait in the games room again it's educating you about space and about how nasa works but it's a game so the kids don't realize they're actually learning something so really kind of cool place for the little kids to hang out or just once you've been on the ride to go and do that as well yeah no it is a really good sort of play area and then the kind of the quiz type thing that you can participate in as well and there's quite a bit as you walk through to go and look at and you set a good waiting area if you've got smaller ones who don't want to do the ride or are not quite tall enough but yeah i really like commission space so it's not on my i don't do it every time i go but yeah i would definitely put that on your list and of course you can have the new space 220 restaurant right there as well yeah it's gonna make that area sort of completely sort of space themed and then not that far away is going to be the gardens of the galaxy coaster as well so it is going to be quite futuristic in that kind of area yeah because i think that's the problem it's a bit off to one side you kind of you're not going to kind of just walk past it by accident are you you've got to sort of make the effort to go over there yeah and it's quite a low-level building as well. You would come to walk past it. You wouldn't necessarily think it was a massive attraction inside. Okay, so that was my fourth option. What's your next choice, Amanda? So I think I'm on to my last one now because we've duplicated a little yeah. bit, haven't we? So my last one is it's an attraction rather than a ride. This probably isn't going to make everybody's list. I'm surprised it'll be on your one. But it is every time I go to Epcot, I have to do this. And that's the American adventure over in the World <laughs> Showcase. 
Yes. Yeah, I think I've only done this twice. It didn't make my list, but you've mentioned this quite a <laughs> few times. We've talked about it before. <laughs> yeah, so I really love this. I mean, it's a show. It's in the American Pavilion. The building is beautiful. You can see it across the lake. It's a huge theatre, so... There are set times for the shows and if you need to turn up a few minutes before, unless it's like a massively busy time, you're always going to get in. It's a long show. It's a half an hour show. So you've got to be committed to be having your time in there. And it's a kind of stirring rendition of American history. Sanitised, of course. I mean, it does talk about some of the darker times as well as the positive things. All narrated by Mark Twain and Ben Franklin. Lots of animatronics, lots of changing scenes on the stage of things lifting up and coming down. And I think just the actual kind of the spectacle of it is great how they've done it and just how it operates is fascinating and if you do one of the backstage tours they actually take you in there and show you a lot more of that there's also as well as the animatronic sections there are just sort of film sections where you're watching film clips and of course there's the amazing music that goes with it too and of course when we ring up orlando that's also one of the pieces of hold music as well isn't it yeah i don't mind that one even on hold for that <laughs> <laughs> it makes you definitely puts you into the american mood doesn't it by listening to that sort of piece of music and then you get through to someone actually in orlando and you're just like oh it brightens up my day i'm, I'm yeah, taking the no, sunshine absolutely <laughs> absolutely i mean i think it's one of those things maybe for somebody coming from the uk it's interesting to see that view of america and that bit of american history so i think it's one of those things you should try and do it at least once see what you think of it make sure you've got plenty of time when you, when you go to watch it i quite often have been like at the end of the day so yes and yes. on one occasion there was literally us and one other family watching it so you're in that <laughs> huge theater and uh, you know there's can be very few people but i have seen it equally very full so as you walk in you go into sort of the waiting areas in a beautiful rotunda they used to have the voices of liberty singing in there they're not there at the moment but i did see the other day actually they are coming back to be singing on the stage just opposite the theater oh okay and that's gonna, my stage yeah and they're going to be singing a sort of a disney songbook so some different sort of songs oh. so i really look forward to seeing that because they are amazing and then there's also an exhibition area so that changes quickly but you generally there's sort of different artifacts to look at so that can be quite interesting when you're kind of waiting to go and see the show as well you're not in a queue you're milling around having a look at the different artifacts as opposed to standing in a queue with a metal bar next to you so yeah it's a different yeah. kind of oh, way no, of no. Queue. it's, it's a nicer a, way of queuing yeah no it's a definitely a nice place to wait for the, the show but you know check the times because they're not always the same and then you can just turn up a few minutes before and then when they call you through when the show's about to start and you go up the steps or an escalator to go into the show entrance and into the theatre. I think the only reason I've done it twice, it's quite long. It does eat a lot of time out of your day. And I think the first time I did it, I was in the area and it just started raining. But that's also how I ended up in the Hall of Residence for the first time as well. It was <laughs> the standing that was nearby. It started raining. So I went in. No, they're both pretty good places to either cool down or get out of an afternoon store. <laughs> that's not to diminish them. I really, really like both the Hall of Presidents and the American Adventure. But yeah, you can see some people who've just gone in for a nap. So that was your last choice. Any guesses what you think my last choice is going to be? It must be Test Track, isn't it? It must be Test Track. Yes, it has to be <laughs> Test Track, yeah. So I've been on both versions. I've been on the original version of Test Track and also been on the new, improved version of Test Track as well. Have you been on Test Track, Amanda? I have. I've been on it lots of times, actually. And I do like Test Track. And I would say definitely anybody going to Epcot should try the ride. It's just, it's one of those, I don't go on it every single time. I've got to be in the kind of the right mood, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, there is sort of like a fast sort of speedy element to it. I mean, the original idea of it was to show what a car goes through when they're sort of testing it. Now, using your magic band or your park ticket, you actually create the car you're going to be into and then you actually go and test it. And of course, everyone in the car is going to be sort of six spaces in the car. Everyone's going to have chosen different kind of things. And they should do it sort of like two of you together so for example if you chose say an electric car that's not going to go as fast now it doesn't mean the ride doesn't go as fast it just means the points you get for each section so they'll do like a speed section and they go right you chose a petrol engine with this massive i don't really know about cars but this massive thing to make it go faster that you're going to get more points and if you had a 
electric engine which is slower to get up to the speed so you get points and things it's a really kind of cool concept because every time you go on it you can make a different car you can go okay this time i'm going to make it really environmentally friendly i'm going to do this i'm going to do that and you go into this area and you use the touch screens and you have some time to go through it takes you through the different options so you can choose what kind of tires you're going to have it tells you the pros and cons of having that so as i said if you have an electric motor in the car it's more environmentally friendly so you're going to get points for that but then you're not going to get the speed elements you're not getting points for that kind of thing as well so really kind of cool uh, way of doing it it's a great way of making it re-rideable now it is one of those rides as we said before it's one of the only rides that's outdoors in epcot and because of the technology in it it can't run in lightning and it can't run that well if it rains so it does tend to go down especially you know sort of like in the wetter sort of times of the year it does tend to go down if you've got a fast pass to just let you go back at another time but if you're queuing up depends how long they're going to be closed for if they're going to give you like a, a readmission pass or not and you can just wait if it's only going to be like a 15 minute sort of shower but if there's thunder and lightning in the area then you might not be able to just wait in the queue it might be closed for a bit kind of longer so yeah, uh, a fantastic ride. You get up quite fast on the ride, but it's not a roller coaster. You're just kind of like going like you would in a car. You have the curved banks when you go around, but it's not the same sort of intensity as a roller coaster. It's just kind of like driving in a convertible car. Yeah, I mean, the reason I kind of don't go on it isn't so much because it's a thrill ride. It's just perhaps there's like things I would rather do. And certainly I don't think it would be particularly scary for people. It's just like driving fast in a car, but you are going around corners and banking and braking. But yeah, nothing too scary at all. Now, you've got the bit inside the show building where you go over sort of like different rumble strips and different sort of types of tarmac. So you can kind of go, OK, we're going down like a French street. So it's like cobbled and then sort of bumping around a bit. And then you're going down a certain thing and then it tests the ABS. So you do an emergency stop without ABS and then they do an emergency stop with ABS. So it sort of shows you the difference of how much quicker and better you can kind of brake. And there's a little bit where a truck comes out of you but yeah it's a really kind of cool ride then you go through and it tries to sort of spray you with like you like you're going through the painting section so it tries to sort of like spray it's just water i would agree with you what you said before this ride does break down a lot or has times when it can't operate due to weather or lightning i would always get a fast pass for this over soaring for example because then when you've got your fast pass they'll just turn that into an anytime any attraction yeah. fast pass so you're not going to kind of lose out by doing that so even if it didn't operate for the rest of the day you could always then go and use that fast pass for something else so i do fast walking over to soaring to go and do that as my first ride standby and then if fast passes are available i'd use that for test track always okay so let's just recap then what we had and whether we guessed right so so my top ones i had had soaring which yeah you both, both had, had yeah and i guess that for you i had spaceship earth which yeah. you didn't have but i didn't uh, guess for you either. oh no i did think i thought you were gonna have that that's an iconic ride you should have that on your list <laughs> <laughs> American Adventure, which, surprise, surprise, you didn't have. <laughs> I didn't have that one, but I guessed that you were going to have that one. We'll do yeah. the guessing in a second as well to go through. Yeah, and then Frozen Ever After. Which we both had. Yeah, and The Seas with Nemo and Friends. I had Sorin, the same as you, Frozen Ever After, Living with the Land, Mission Space and Test Track. So which ones did you put down for me? I only Soaring and Test Track. Really? Okay. Yeah, so I was quite surprised down... you chose a couple of those. You didn't put down Mission Space? No. Oh, okay. You didn't put down Frozen? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, did you, what, what did you put down for me then? What did I have? I had Spaceship Earth. Yeah. I thought you would like Journey into Imagination with Figment. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit old. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, I thought oh, that's a cute ride. Yeah, um, that is fun, yeah. And I thought you would want to go on the Grand Fiesta tour. I do like the Grand Fiesta, but, I, yeah, there was other ones that I kind of would definitely, definitely go. I will go on it, but maybe it's not a must-do attraction. Yeah, it's hard to choose, isn't it? Yeah. The ones I had for you was American Adventure. That was the first one I put down yes. for you. Because I know that you love this attraction. And if you could clone it to bring it over to Paris, I'm sure you would. Yeah, it wouldn't be quite the same in Paris. It would have to be like French people. What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Soarin'. Yes. Frozen. 
Yes. And I thought that you were going to put down Reflections of China. Oh, do you know, do you know what? I think I've only ever done that once. Really? Okay. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a Circle Vision attraction. The film's quite old, but it's kind of quite nice, especially around the outside. You can see that the Chinese acrobats and things like that. And it's a nice area. It's quite very nice. And then the last one I put down for you was Living with the Land. Yeah, well, as I said, that was probably number six. That I was going to put down Spaceship Earth for you for living with the land it was a toss-up between spatial birth and living yeah. with the land yeah so yeah um, no well yeah. you know me too well yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course it's all going to be up for grabs though because we're going to have ratatouille very soon yeah which, which as i've you, said before like. is my very very favorite ride of any disney park yeah something's gonna have to get booted out to uh, include <laughs> ratatouille very soon oh yeah that's very true and then guns of the galaxy is going to open at some point as well and i think that just looks like it's going to be amazing i mean like i used to quite like ellen's universe of energy i thought it was okay it's a long ride but i thought it was quite funny it was quite interesting as well a good way again getting out the sun I loved Ellen's Energy Adventure. That, it's that funny, was isn't one it? Of my <laughs> surprise, surprise. But yeah, it was long overdue and an overhaul, and I think bigger and better things will come on to. And yeah, like you say, a super, super long ride. You didn't want to be getting on that ride and then realising you had to be somewhere else. <laughs> I think there's a reason why there's a lot of toilets next door to yeah <laughs> to that attraction. Lots of reminders use the bathroom before you get on the ride yeah, it's a long ride yeah i mean there's a lot of changes coming to epcot you know already the entrance area's all been changed and yeah lots more changes to come which i think will be great i just hope they don't lose some of that a slightly educational but interactive bit that they were really good at ellen's universe of energy needed to be updated anyway so it was either put in something but then you know from a marketing point of view if you put in a new version of that you might get an extra 10 people a year going but if you put in a guardians of the galaxy roller coaster yeah that's going to attract a lot more people sorry ellen but that's definitely going to attract a lot more people and i yeah, think ratatouille yeah. yeah it's a clone of the one over in paris but it's going to be amazing i think american people are going to be really really happy with that attraction no it's just all the area around there the pictures that we've seen it looks so french it already did but the areas around the ratatouille ride it's very atmospheric and yeah be some great picture opportunities as well because i live in france i don't generally spend that much time when i go to the when i go to Epcot in france the same as i don't spend any time that much in the uk pavilion so i've never ate in the rose and crown for example I kind of just wander through <laughs> the french bit and uh, i think i've done impressions to france once but it's changed now it's a beauty and the beast thing now as well so yeah maybe i'll do that when i go when next time i go back but of course i'll go and do remy because it'd be great i'll be interesting to see how much french they keep in it because it is kind of quite bilingual anyway the version over here it's be interesting to see if they've redone the voices to make them all in english or if they're going to keep a little bit of french yeah i wonder i think it'll all be in english I would have guessed so, but you never know. Uh, I used to like the cool station as well, where you could go and try the different Coca-Cola brands from around the world. Not Beverly, obviously. Don't have a Beverly, no. (laughs) (laughs) That was a weird... And every time I'd go... I'd go back and go, it can't be as bad as I remember it being. I'll try yeah, it again. It oh, no, I remember it. No, no, it's just as bad as I remember <laughs> no, it being. No, some are nice, but very sticky floor. I'm sorry, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I did not like about that. It was a very, very sticky floor. It was a very, very uh, sticky floor. Kids just dropping it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully we'll be back very soon. I mean, as we're recording this, things are you know, starting to look a lot more positive And, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be able to, to get back over there. And we are rather addicted to other disney podcasts and uh, youtube channels and other social media so to keep us up to date and give us a little bit of disney world while we can't get over there yeah we like to keep in touch with what's going on and just sort of watch those videos and enviously of people enjoying food festivals and, and things like that so yeah we both can't wait to be able to get back to epcot so that's all for this week we really hope you enjoyed the show and hearing what our favorite things to do are at epcot we'd love to hear what you think what are your top five come and find us on our facebook page or on instagram and let us know what you think please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our future episodes and if you are enjoying the show it would be great if you could leave us a review as well to find out more about us and how you can book your next holiday with us just visit our website that's fairytaleholidays.co.uk and you can find all the links and more information in the show notes so thanks for listening and have a magical day Bye.